What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode is a conversation from my appearance on The Best Business Show. I break down the epic origin story of what eventually became LeBron James's billion-dollar business with Nike. I hope you enjoy this episode, but before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off their Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is 8sleep. 8sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot. But now, I am falling asleep in record time, faster than I have before, all thanks to my 8sleep Pod Pro cover. The Pod Pro cover by 8sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. You can add the cover to any mattress. The temperature regulation will create the optimal sleeping environment by adjusting to each side of the bed based on personalized sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature. The results are proven to be true. 8sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. And it's not just me who sleeps on an 8sleep. The product is so good that it's garnered the attention of CEOs, Olympians, UFC champions, and even the Mercedes F1 racing team. So go to 8sleep.com slash Joe, that's J-O-E, for exclusive Memorial Day savings through June 6. Cool down this summer with 8sleep, now shipping within the USA, UK, Canada, and Australia. All right, let's get into this episode. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, what do you got for us today? All right, we're talking about LeBron James, rookie deal, Nike, turned down a $10 million check into a billion dollar deal with he Nike. turned down a 10 million dollar check yeah. for a billion dollar nike deal yeah. okay so i wrote about it this morning but the the essence of the story is he was obviously an incredible player in high school probably the most hyped recruit ever and a bunch of companies wanted to sign him really there was only three companies that could afford him which were nike adidas and reebok so he was going to meet with all three of them his agent aaron goodwin set up the meetings and he wanted to get a deal done before the NBA draft. And the reasoning behind that was before the lottery, sorry, not even the draft, the actual lottery where teams decided where they were going to be picked because everyone knew he was going to be the number one pick. But if he went to a super small market, Memphis, whatever, versus a large market, that could alter the terms of the deal. So he okay. was like, let's just get it done before the, the lottery. So he meets with Reebok first. He goes to meet with Reebok. Reebok offers him $100 million guaranteed. $100 million guaranteed? Guaranteed. $100 Whoa. million. And... As part of the deal, he tells this story, LeBron has told this personally, of an executive at Reebok. He basically says that he's sitting on one end of a really long conference table. The executive's on the other end. He's like writing. He's got his head down. He's writing. And LeBron's like, what the fuck is this guy doing, you know? And then all of a sudden he pops up and he, he, he throws something over to LeBron. It's a $10 million check, literally, that he just wrote out at the table. $10 million. 
gave it to LeBron and said, you can cash this today. It's yours. But you can't go talk to Nike or Adidas. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to read you a quote. So I don't know if you guys remember, LeBron had that show with Uninterrupted Needing Go. And he was on there talking about a bunch of his finances stuff. And one of the things he talked about was this. And this quote is from that episode. He goes, when Reebok slid the check down the table, they said, listen, if you take this right now, you just promise me you won't go talk to Nike or Adidas. You know, you can take this right now. (laughs) And I was lost for words at the beginning. I mean, I flew in from Akron, Ohio, out of Spring Hill, from the projects. I mean, our rent was like $17 a month. And I'm looking at a $10 million check. And I go back to high school tomorrow morning in the classroom the next day. I was going to homeroom. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) So then he continues and he goes, they ask him what happened. He's like, well, then I started thinking if this guy, if he's willing to give me a $10 million check right now, what's to say Nike or Adidas isn't willing to give me 20 million or 30 million up front, or maybe to say the upfront isn't what really matters. Maybe let's start thinking about the back end. <laughs> damn, so he, he was smart. Yeah, so he essentially was like, damn, this guy's better write me 10 million bucks. Why is he going to do that, right? Yeah. And realize that maybe Nike or Adidas would offer something even better. Mm-hmm. So the story goes on. Brian Windhorst, who has followed LeBron from his career, from his high school career to, to now basically works at ESPN, wrote an entire book on LeBron's business. Oh, wow. And this is one of the excerpts of it, the stories. And then he talks about, so in part of it, he talks about each company, right? So that was a Reebok's offer. Next, he goes to Adidas. Adidas picks up LeBron and his boys in a private jet <laughs> in Ohio, flies him out to L.A. They go that night on like a Saturday night to a Lakers playoff game at the Staples Center, courtside seats, and they watch Kobe drop 39 points on the Spurs in 2003. Then the next day, they go out to Malibu, where Adidas rented a, a massive house on the beach overlooking the Pacific Ocean. They show them all the mock-ups. They show them this presentation. They show them all this stuff. Now, there's this guy, Sonny Sonny Vaccaro, who used to work at a- Legend. Yeah, legend. So he worked for Adidas at this point. And he had hinted to LeBron and his agent that they were going to give him a $100 million deal. 10 years, $100 million deal, guaranteed $10 million a year. And Sonny, just so folks don't know, he was basically like the boss of all high school AAU basketball. He was the guy. And he really- Very involved with Jordan's deals with Nike, et cetera. So now he goes, he had hinted at this to them supposedly. So they're expecting a hundred million bucks. All of a sudden the paperwork comes down. He had talked to their bosses, everything. Last minute Adidas reneges on the deal. They offer him like 60 million bucks. And so way lower than he initially expected, not what he was told, right? So he goes home. He's like, all right, Adidas is out. (laughs) And he had liked it. He liked Adidas. But last was Nike. Nike requested to go last out of all three of the companies. They pick him up in another private jet the following weekend, take him, his mom, Maverick Carter, a couple other people out to their campus in Oregon, Beaverton, Oregon. Damn, you know, LeBron's like, hey, man, Adidas, y'all renting out properties. Nike got their whole campus that I get to go to. Yeah, so he goes to the headquarters. They set him up in this building. Supposedly 100 people worked on his pitch, on his presentation. Wow. They show him all this stuff, whatever. Nike was known as like the top dog already at this point. And they were expected to sign him, right? So he goes in there. They they run through the whole pitch. They offered him actually less. They ended up offering him $70 million, around $70 million. So he had 100 from Reebok, 60 from Adidas, and then Nike offered about $70 million with a signing bonus. But yeah, right around And the total 70. deal size was like May 87 million, I think, if I remember correctly. Later on. So, yeah. so he gets offered 70 from Nike. He leaves the campus that weekend, whatever. At this point, he still believes reportedly that he's going to sign with Reebok. They're offering $100 million. So the lottery is the next week. So his agent, Goodwin, tells them to fly out. Reebok, they send the lawyers, they send a couple of the executives, they fly to Akron, Ohio, or a hold up in a hotel, and they're basically negotiating the terms. 
Eventually, they raise their offer. He's basically like pitching everyone against each other, right? Of course. They raise the offer. It gets up to like $115 million From Reebok. From Reebok. They are expected to sign them. Last minute, Phil Knight authorizes it. He says, go higher. Go higher. To Nike. To Nike. So they offer $87 million versus the 115 with an opportunity to basically get higher, not to 115, but higher based on incentives with $10 million signing bonus, et cetera. So LeBron picks Nike over Reebok. That's a $28 million discount. What is that? The Nike discount just is cooler? Just being good. I mean, they had good shoes. People at that point, athletes were leaving Reebok because the shoes weren't great. Uh, So like there was like, you know, they were offering more money. They were trying to use him to build the brand, all of this stuff. But it's crazy to think now, like Reebok sold last year for two, $3 billion. The moral of the story, right, is like he gets his deal. He's the number one draft pick. He has this incredible career, whatever. He's re-signed with Nike twice since then. Right. So he signed mm-hmm. another deal in early 2010s. And then he just signed another deal in 2016. I think that was a lifetime deal worth reportedly a billion over a billion dollars. Jeez. So he's going to be with Nike forever now worth over a billion dollars he'll make from them. So to think about that decision, like basically he turned down 20 plus million dollars up front from Reebok to go with the more established brand of Nike. And it turned into this massive partnership now where it's probably one of the most lucrative in sports right behind Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has probably the best deal of all time, Mm -hmm. which is the 5% royalty that he gets on all Jordan brand sales. So they don't give that out anymore. Well, I don't know. Maybe he gets some royalty structure with his deal. But the rumor is, right, it's worth over a billion. I find it hard to believe they're just paying him, you know, 30 million, 40 million, 50 million a year in cash. It's kind of like, don't you want to incentivize the guy to build the brand with you? And what they're really going to do is most people expect them to roll out a similar strategy of what they've done with the Jordan brand, right? They've already used LeBron's logo on a couple of college jerseys, right? So th- they're starting to implement some of these things. Who knows? Obviously, it's extremely difficult to build a business that Jordan's built with Nike, but it wouldn't be surprising if that's what they try to do. And if you're going to try to do that, you probably want to incentivize the person to help blow this up. Mm-hmm. And a royalty structure is probably a pretty good way of doing that. So maybe it's, you know, he gets some kind of caveat to it, but he's reported to make over a billion dollars on the deal. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember that this guy was literally, he got in trouble for the jerseys in high yeah. school, right? Like, remember he got the Hummer yeah. and everyone was freaking out. And now he uh, is signing billion-dollar deals. Yeah, he's got a building named after him on Nike's campus. It just opened last year, 750,000 square feet. And, like, yeah, this is the part that's crazy to me, right? Like, this is literally him in high school, right? The chosen one. <laughs> on well, the I, I always say this. The one thing that no one can take away from LeBron James, regardless of whether you like him on the court, you don't like him, you cheer for his team, or you don't, you like what he's done in the media, you don't, whatever. The one thing that you can always say, which is impressive to me, at 16 years old, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated as the chosen one. Yeah. The, the pressure was unlike anything that anyone in sports probably has ever seen from high school all the way on up in the United States. I can't think of a single scandal that he's been involved in. Yeah, not only that, he's exceeded the hype, right, from like even a basketball standpoint. When you're the chosen one, you're the number one pick, like people expect you to have a great career, but like considered one of the best of all time, you know, top two. It's pretty remarkable that he's been able to do that given the pressure that he faced at, at such a young age. Do you think that well, you said top two, not top three? Is Kobe out of that conversation now? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, LeBron to me is the most talented player, like, physically, I, I think, probably in history, but he just doesn't have the resume that matches up to, like, a Jordan. But, you know, Kobe's right up there from a talent perspective. I, I think he's probably slotted in the three, though. Yeah, and then when you think about LeBron... 
how much of what he's doing now is only going to get put on steroids once he actually retires, whether that's you know next year or five years from now, because it seems like Jordan, obviously, you know, he had the brand and everything selling shoes when he's playing, but it exploded afterwards. Is that the expectation? Yeah. Here so we actually have a chart here that shows Jordan's earnings after he retired, which is fascinating because it basically flatlined for a period of time. And now he's making like over $150 million each year. Like, so this is Jordan's <laughs> earnings. Right. This is his annual earnings, according to Forbes. So he's only making year. 20 million or so. So he retired in, in the early 2000s, right? His his earnings declined dramatically because he no longer has the salary. Well, so he's making in the early 90s about 20 million a year. Then it jumps all the way up to 80 million a year, yep. kind of late 90s. That's when he retires. Yep, it retires. falls off a cliff, goes all the way back down to what looks like maybe 35 million or yeah, so. 35. And stays there pretty much from 2000, almost to 2008, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. And then it just explodes. Yeah. So the Jordan brand, obviously, they, they started putting much more juice behind it and they've started building up the business. And with that royalty structure, his earnings have grown along with it. Now he makes over $150 million a year from the Jordan brand, Jesus. which is nearly two times as much as he made in his entire NBA career, right? So just from a dollar standpoint, it's absolutely incredible the business that they've built and he's benefited tremendously from it from a pure dollar perspective. Yeah. And how much of this is Jordan actually like putting muscle behind the brand and, and driving it versus like someone at Nike was like, Hey, we should really juice this. Like let's start diverting marketing dollars. Well, I, I think, yeah. So this, this compares him to, to other athletes today. So this chart is maybe a couple years old at this point. It's yeah, January, 2020. But I mean, look at that size right there. Michael Jordan had been retired for two decades and he was still making $130 million a year from, from the Jordan brand versus LeBron at 32, Kevin Durant at 26, et cetera. Yeah, I'm surprised that LeBron is so close to, I mean, James Harden makes 50% of what LeBron James makes. Yeah, I mean, that number's changed now that he signed the lifetime deal, I think. But I don't know. I mean, look, there, there's, and, and then there's a whole host of guys. I think there's like, maybe there's like 16 guys that have signature shoes, right? Yeah. So the market is pretty small relative to the total yep. number of NBA players. But Jordan has just dominated it for so long. And to answer your question, I mean, Michael Jordan is certainly good on the business side. His name affords him a lot of these opportunities, of course, but he's done pretty well. You know, he owns the the Hornets who are have appreciated greatly. Obviously, part of that is just being involved in the NBA and the media rights and so forth. But most of this is really Nike, right? They, they've said, hey, look, we have a jackpot here, some gold, and we're going to go pump this brand up because he's really not seen that much. Like he doesn't market a lot of this stuff. He's not active on social media. He doesn't really have this massive audience or these platforms. It's really just his name, image, and likeness now that they use to promote all of this stuff. And the the opposite of that, right, is LeBron James, where he is willing to put his name and like really promote some of these things, which I think is probably an underrated component. Everyone says, look, the LeBron's brand will never be Jordan's brand. Maybe that's true. But also, I think people probably underestimate his ability to market some of this stuff. Yeah, it, it is incredible to see how well LeBron has done, because if what happened with Jordan happens here, I mean, he may make more than Jordan on the annual basis. But when it's well, he's also done. much more active from an investment perspective. Like he he puts his capital to work probably at a higher clip than than Jordan does. Jordan relies on much more of this annual income and then, you know, spreads it around where he can. But that might give him the opportunity and with higher salaries, right? Like he's been making you know, 30, $40 million a year for a while now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Palm Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.